Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. <laughs> 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh man, hook him up with Ian Rodney rolls on on the Friday. Bottom of this hour will be at the turn. Halfway through our Friday conversation, we'll do the lap the turn. We're going to play out of Pebble Beach this week on the PGA Tour. We get to our halfway point. Rod will also take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We've got some headlines coming up. Big win for the Longhorn women last night up in Waco. We're from Vic Schaefer. Also, got to hear some more uh, audio from our man Jim Harbaugh taking over the LA Superchargers. Yeah. Yesterday, his press conference was uh, filled with, with uh, golden nuggets of audio. He's going to be like that. The, the whole time he's there, man. Oh, man. He's, there, he's been like that everywhere he's gone. No question about it. Uh, also, a lot of your conversation coming in on the, on the uh, te- uh, text line, 512-447-3776, on the idea of the enhanced games and bullish BS. It says, Rod, thank you for standing up for ethics on this program in the long run. It protects the athletes, although the metrics would probably show it would be widely successful. People would pay to ruin their lives. Thanks a lot for standing yeah. up for ethics. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they will, but I, I – I've done some research on it, but I know long the long term effects. Oh, for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's really like really messed up. So I don't know. I, I'm sure now there may be healthier PEDs. Like I think HGH is considered a healthier. I don't know if they're like, a healthier form of PED because it's natural. Like, Correct. It comes from our bodies naturally. Correct. And you're not supposed to use it, but you know, I mean, that's what I would use if I was using it. If I want to use some PEDs. This says, guys, they're already <laughs> fighting each other on PEDs. It's called the UFC. Why else would the UFC stop using the USADA? And that's the United States, the uh, oh, I didn't anti-doping know agency. I didn't realize they had, they had stopped I didn't realize using that either. Yeah. Uh, interesting point mm. on the text line. Not cool. Uh, this says, Rod, actually, HGH will have your organs grow, a.k.a. Uh, Barry's, Barry Bond's head. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, you're right about that. Good point. Yeah, I'm sure it's all bad for you long term. There's no way that stuff is good for you long term. I mean, this, this says what happened to my body, my choice. People are going to do steroids anyway. Might as well showcase it. So there. I'm you go. a huge my body, my choice guy. Always have been. Yeah. I always, I, I'm a my body, my choice guy. So if you choose to do it, yeah, you should. You should be allowed to do that. But yeah, you should also be informed and educated about the risks. Of stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what gets back to the CTE conversation in the NFL. The NFL hid CTE and all their knowledge of it and the science behind it, which it did affect the player's ability to make an informed decision about whether they wanted to play that game for as long as they did. Correct. In the manner in which they did. And we saw once the CTE stuff became known, there are great players that decided to leave the game early. Yeah, like retire early. Yeah. So, well, and now they have to go through concussion protocols. Yes. They can't come back until they're yeah. fully through it. And So know, my thing would be, if they're going to do that, at least it for, every, everybody should know about the long-term effects of using those PEDs on your body so you know, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm lighting up this cigarette regardless. I know. I read the box. I know what it says on here. Might give me cancer, but you know what? I want my menthol. I'm good. And, hey, go have it. My body, my choice. My, exactly. I've made that choice before. Uh, it's exactly. Even I don't smoke the menthols anymore. The menthols. I, I, that I, used to be. I, I can't see I you used, smoking, but you used to. I used to smoke a little menthol. I didn't do it while I was playing, but when I was done playing, and, I, oh, man, I, was, I don't know why I got into it, but I did. On the uh, Dak Prescott-Cowboys conversation, that's been ongoing. This says, stop acting like football's a game of one-on-one. Brady doesn't win his Super Bowls. 
without Belichick's defense, and it goes on and on. Well, that's true. I'm, I don't think – I'm suggesting at all that to that you have to have a championship-level team to win a championship, mm-hmm. right? Total team. Yeah. But we would also all agree to have a championship-level team, you have to have a quarterback who elevates his level of performance in the most important moments, in the clutch moments, right? That yeah. is a requirement of a championship team. It is. And I believe the Cowboys do not have one. <laughs> I mean, whatever we think of Dak Prescott, what we do know over eight seasons is in the biggest moments – he, he shrinks. He does not play his best. He goes the opposite direction. Unfortunately. And that is unfortunate. And it, he's a heck of a nice guy. I like Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I like – and, you know, the conversation is now being had about Lamar Jackson in the same regard. I like watching Lamar Jackson play football. He's a dynamic, one-of-a-kind, unique player. But at the same time, in the biggest moments where his team in the, in the championship settings, where his team needs him to rise up, he has consistently not. Yep. Uh, and Dak's, you know – body of work in that is long is much is larger than even Lamar Jackson's at this point so it's not an unfair argument and an, it's not an unfair question that the Cowboys should be asking themselves because uh, if we're asking it the Cowboys should be asking the question and that's why we played the Kyle Shanahan conversation about Brock Purdy you should always be looking for someone who can because that's a requirement of a, of a championship team mm-hmm. it just is and if you don't have it you better be looking for it uh, and that is the conversation we're having about, about Dak Prescott. Yes. Elevate and separate. And, 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 and whatever you think, because another, you know, Brock Purdy is a polarizing conversation for people. Some people hate him. Some people love him. But there's no argument after what you've seen the last three weeks when his team needed him most, he played his best. Yes, he did. He played his absolute best uh, and became a different player. <laughs> that is a requirement to win a championship. And it's, you know, Brock Purdy might be the reason that Kyle Shanahan finally gets one, Rod. It seems like it could because he has a quarterback, although doesn't have the highest ceiling, and I don't know if you can say he's a great player, but in in critical moments, in clutch moments, he plays his best football. At least he has been in the postseason, and that's your number one complaint about Dak, and that's people's number one complaint about Lamar Jackson right now. Well, and that's why, obviously, the Green Bay game was, was this year, but the previous two years, Dan Quinn's defense was outstanding against the 49ers. Yeah. I agree with that. They they gave you the chance to win the game. I mean, the fourth quarter it was a one score game and it was anybody's ball game. And Dan Quinn's defense against a very good offense in San Francisco, you know, kept you in the game and kept you right there, which is what the defense should do. Uh, and you're not going to shut out playoff teams, right? You're not going to pitch shutouts like the Cowboys did sometimes this year. You're not doing that to really good teams in the playoffs. No. So you your defense needs to give you a chance to win. Um, each of the last two Januarys, the Cowboys had that opportunity, and Dak Prescott couldn't go take it. And then this year, as we said, it was just a collapse. And uh, this is, you know, this is uh, the conversation where we'll continue to have surrounding the Cowboys. Uh, All right, good stuff there. We appreciate you weighing in. We'll uh, go behind the burn orange curtain coming up at the turn, bottom of the hour. Right now, let's get the headlines. There you go, Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment and their brand-new Buda location bringing you the headlines. Start with Texas basketball. How about the huge win for the Texas women last night? It was a nationally televised game on ESPN last night. Roll Horns rolled into Waco. And the fabulous freshman Madison Booker scored 22 points. She runs the point for Texas. Aaliyah Moore added 19 as the Horns pulled away from 13th-ranked Baylor in the fourth quarter and earn a hard-fought 67-55 win. They improved to 20-3 overall, 7-3 in the Big 12. And the victory avenges a late December loss to the Bears in Austin for a fired-up Vic Schaefer. Like, these kids are what they're going through dealing with. Deanna Gaston, not, not 60%. She's not ready, tried to give us some help, did tonight. Madison Booker ain't practiced in five days. I mean, unbelievable. That kid's a monster. If that ain't the best freshman in the country, I don't know who is. For what she's having to do for our team, run the team, run the points, score, assist, defend, 
the kid's unbelievable. I mean, that number 35 might be as good as the one they've had here before. Kevin Durant reference from Vic Schaefer right there. We're at number wow. 35. Uh, as for Texas football, big departure for Steve Sarkeesian's Longhorns yesterday after spending three years on the 40 acres as the director of player personnel for the Longhorns. Billy Glasscock is leaving to take over as the general manager at Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin. And Glasscock served an important role in coordinating the recruitment of high school and transfer portal prospects in concert with the recruiting support staff. Over the past three seasons, Texas has signed three consecutive top five recruiting classes and landed just landed the second-ranked transfer portal class in average ranking. In the NFL, big departure for the Cowboys. We now know Dan Quinn is going to Washington to become the commander's head coach and fill the eighth and final free uh, offseason vacancy. Reports abound this morning that UCLA head coach Chip Kelly may be leaving the Bruins to join Dan Quinn in Washington as his offensive coordinator in Las Vegas. The Raiders are expected to hire former Arizona and Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury to coordinate their offense. In the NBA, Houston Rockets have acquired Memphis Grizzlies center Shaw, uh, uh, Stephen Adams in a trade that involves Victor Oladipo and three second-round draft picks and a blockbuster trade in baseball where the Baltimore Orioles, also fresh off a 101-win season, have acquired star right-handed starting pitcher Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers for a pair of top prospects and a draft pick in the upcoming draft. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. Uh, looks like Ian Rappaport is reporting uh, that Joe Wood Jr. is probably going to go with Dan Quinn um, to Washington as, as their D.C. He said, um, so he, he said he expects it. He, he's not, he said, I believe the quote is, I would also expect, as colleague Steve Weish mentioned, so you got two guys on NFL Network saying that, uh, Joe Witt to go with Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. So if the Cowboys are going to make this move, they might need to act quickly if they want to hire internally for Joe Witt Jr. to be the uh, new D.C. because – the Calvin Watkins and Clarence Hill, essentially both of those guys, implied that it's his dream job to be the D.C. of the Cowboys. Yeah. He loves Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn has been one of his mentors. Uh, but here's Clarence Hill uh, says, Cowboys defensive game passing coordinator Joe Witt's dream job was always to be the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Will that dream come true? Um, Calvin Watkins tweeting out, Joe Witt is in-house favorite for the Cowboys D.C. gig. Here's what he said a few years ago, quote, my two dream jobs when I started off, and this has stayed the same. I want to be the head coach of South Florida or the D.C. of the Dallas Cowboys. That was back when I was at Louisville. So head coach of South Florida, interesting. That's <laughs> just things are very different. Head coach of the South Florida and uh, D.C. for Dallas Cowboys. So Joey Jr. has always said this is his dream job. And he's the favorite right now for the job. But Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, and Steve Weish of NFL Network reporting that Dan Quinn wants him as the, the favorite for the D.C. job with Washington. That's interesting. Uh, that'd be a. I mean, obviously, it will, either either side will pay the money uh, that it's yeah, going to yeah. take. Money to, won't be an issue. Yeah, money won't be an issue. That's interesting. Yeah, you made to choose where he wants to go. Does he want that dream job, or does he want to stay yeah, with Dan Quinn? It's a D.C. at either spot, and uh, do you want to stay under Dan Quinn, or do you want to stay with Mike McCarthy and run the, the – the, and we'll hear from Joe Witt Jr. coming up, just some previous sound that kind of gives you some insight into his focus and what type of mindset he would bring as a defensive coordinator either spot. Uh, and if you're Dan Quinn, you get that, right? You're going to elevate and be the head coach, and so you want someone who can come in and run the defense mm -hmm. uh, as, as you uh, – 
you would want it to be, and right, you can have obviously you'd say in it, but you want someone you trust underneath you. And Chip Kelly looks like he's coming into Washington too. Yep. So I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you're, um, you know, this you're not dealing with Dan Quinn in your own division. Uh, and Kellen Moore. A lot of familiarity. Be, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of familiarity now in this division with one another. Um, so that's, I don't know if that's going to work out. It can work out to your advantage or disadvantage. Um, I think the Cowboys know as much about Dan Quinn's defense as Dan Quinn knows about. Oh, sure. Mike no, McCarthy's it's familiarity. Offense. It's two-way street, 100%. Yeah, uh, so. let's, let's hear this. This was some uh, I found yesterday from Joe Witt, Jr. When Dan Quinn left, people, Cowboy you know, folks were putting out sound, and you know he's been interviewed many times as he's, as the secondary coach for for Dan Quinn. Here's a little bit of Joe Witt Jr. on his mindset when he's on the sidelines uh, coaching for the Cowboys. Are you and Dan like fire and ice? I mean, he's going crazy, and you're so calm and impressed by that. <laughs> well, um, he's he's really he's really emotional. He's re- that's that is who he is. You know, he's such a good person. Uh, from that standpoint, I am always thinking um, about the next play. And so even when, you know, we intercept one for the touchdown and everybody's going crazy, my mindset is, okay, which players are tired? Who do we need to switch out? All right, who's on kickoff team? Bland, who intercepted that touchdown, he's on kickoff team. Hey, tell Bones to pull him off a kickoff team because he needs a blow. That's where my mind instantly goes. I'll get excited after we get the win. All right, there you go, Joe Witt Jr., kind of the uh, – that sounds like a good combination because Dan Quinn is – Yeah, he's more emotion and passion. Need, need somebody who's logistical. You got a right, you got a right brain, the left brain. Yeah. Seems like kind of thing working on there. So yeah. I mean, it does sound like to your point from Adam from um, Ian Rappaport that Dan Quinn would like to bring that uh, yeah. yin to his yang to Washington. Cowboys may want to keep him there, or will they go outside the organization? You mentioned Brandon Staley. You mentioned Ron Rivera. Um, you know, a lot of Cowboy fans have mentioned Mike Vrabel. I don't know if Mike Vrabel would step down from a head coaching role, but Dan Quinn did it. He did to rise back up. Yeah, um, you it's know, possible. With, and to coach a, a player of the caliber of a Micah Parsons and the, the talent on that defense, especially when Teron Diggs comes back with Deron Bland and, and possibly Stephon Gilmore. Now, Gilmore's an, a, a free agent this offseason, one of those, you know, well, guys you got to worry Yeah, but now you got two. Deron Bland's Devin up. So yeah, you probably let Stephon Gilmore go. Yeah, you probably will. All right, well, we'll take your thoughts, Cowboy fans. What say you on that defensive side of the ball? Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain with the uh, – the, the loss of Billy Glasscock for Steve Sarkeesian, that came as a bit of a surprise yesterday. Big. Uh, Rod will take you through that situation. But I wanted to play some more of this Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was introduced yesterday. Just gold. And it's just gold. He we is. played the one earlier where he says he's, he literally is going to drive his RV from Michigan. And he's going to park it somewhere near this complex. And he plans to live there with his wife for the first little while. I, I know everybody laughing, but I tell you guys, he's mostly serious. You said he had to ask the like the – I guess they're media well, let's relations hear this guy. Then. Yeah, let's hear this. So here's, here's Jim Harbaugh. Him. Yeah, and you hear him at the beginning asking, hey, can I tell this story? Should I tell yeah. him? Should I tell him? <laughs> Listen to Jim Harbaugh. What a, uh, what a gem. Justin Herbert, you, you, you know, oh, you see. One. I mean, one more. Oh, yeah, there's some things I've copied from Ted Lasso. I try, I try to emulate Ted Lasso uh, in a lot of ways. That's, that's, that's TV show. Yeah, that's, that's one of the best. Jason Sudeikis, uh, you know. Tremendous. I got a great story of how I met Jason Sudeikis. Uh, uh, but I think that there's a life lesson in every, every one of those episodes. If you haven't seen that show, piece of advice, if I may, watch the Ted Lasso show. <laughs> so weird. All right, now let's get to the, uh, the, the RV. He's oh, going, he's going uh, Chris Farley, going to go live down by the river, listen to uh, where he plans to – put down some roots here early in his Chargers tenure. I got a, a 
I told my wife this, should I tell? Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, I want to I drive my RV out. I want to drive my RV out and, uh, and, and, and go to a trailer park, uh, you know, like down by the water or uh, by Disneyland. There'll be two that I've researched that are close to the facility. And uh, I want to Jim Rockford it for the, uh, for the, for the next uh, couple months until we move to the new facility. That's, That's too good. Did he I have that thought go- growing through my head. <laughs> Did he just say Rockford Files? Wow. That dude. I'm telling you, he's serious now. He uh, wants to do it. Now, remember, Jim Rockford, Rockford Files, was he operated a small private investigator service out of his beachside mobile home <laughs> in Malibu. <laughs> and Jim Harbaugh loves making TV references, too. We talk about Judge Judy all the time and Ted Lasso. Yeah. Makes a lot of TV references. I like that, though. He's a pop culture junkie, too. He's a little bit of a pop culture junkie. I don't know. It's hard not to like Harbaugh. He's got an edge to him, but, man, it's hard not to like him. It is. Well, and, you know, he's so entertaining. Because he wins, he's quirky. Right? He's eccentric. Yeah. He, yeah, but if he was losing, you're right. We'd be like, man, dude's kind of weird. Strange. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> Jerry Glanville. Remember Jerry Glanville, the coach mm-hmm. of our Oilers back in the day? Oh, yeah, like Mike Leach. Yeah, he was. He didn't win though, so yeah, he was just, just a right. weird guy yeah, that wore won. black all the time. <laughs> Wanted to be Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Ran the, they, they used to run a run and shoot offense back then with Jerry Glanville. Yeah. Speaking of uh, TV and Jim Harbaugh, you know he appeared on an episode of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Back when he was playing. I remember that. <laughs> I do actually. I actually do remember that. I think he was like to help Screech out or something. Yes. He was like Screech's cousin or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> it was somewhere and nobody believed that Screech was related to him. I think I kind of remember this. I don't know why. And, and he, All the stuff I forget. And you say he talks that. about Judge Judy, but he went to a taping of the Judge Judy he's show. Like he, like he was Judge in Judy. the stands or he's in the audience. He's obsessed <laughs> with him. Apparently like him, and his, him and his dad are like obsessed with Judge Judy. And I'm like, wow. That's too funny. Jim Rockford, the Rockford Files. I didn't tell you. Uh, just... one, one more from Jim Harbaugh, which is, and we heard a little bit of it a minute ago, but uh, on his quarterback. I mean, one of the reasons you take this job is you've got a, you know, a young star quarterback headed into the prime years of his career that you have an opportunity to maximize. Here's Jim Harbaugh talking about uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, you, you, you know, you see, I mean, he's a, as well said on that video, I mean, that's a, that's a he's a crown jewel uh, in, in the National Football League. Uh, Derwin James. There's another one. Uh, talking, talk about somebody getting me fired up. I mean, I mean, let's go. You know, Justin Herbert walks up on you. You know, like, <laughs> okay, all right, this is awesome. All right, there you go. There you go. Harbaugh holding court yesterday. I'm telling you, man. He's the the media uh, next to Justin Herbert is the media that are the biggest winners of this Jim Harbaugh thing. Media in that market. Now you got stories for days. Well, it's almost like, but Just, you know. He, he was uh, when he was coaching Stanford and then the 49ers, it was one of the writers out there that, that labeled him a, a fist with a mouth. Like that's what that was his his description of him. Mm. But it does feel like after watching that yesterday, he has softened a bit in his older age. Right. I think you're right about that. He was because he was confrontational, not just with the media back in the day, but with other coaches. Yeah. We know the, the rival with Pete Carroll. Um, Jim Schwartz, I mean, but I think he's softened. We'll see. We'll see because, you know, he can be good to the media, but he can also get a little surly with the media sometimes. But, oh, yeah, yeah, it was and funny. What, but when he's losing, if he's winning, he's, he's very well, but it, was, know, it was so funny because these, 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 these uh, you know, media members would, would call out their name and who they work for, and he would always have a little one-liner for them, like Bill, Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times. Oh, legend, legend, legend's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's funny. He, you know, he's. But you're right. So it does feel like he is. Uh, he's going to be a good. And, right. and you kind of have to be that way. And one of the reasons the Spanos family is willing to pay this guy 
you know, the month they're paying and him. You've reported or seen the reports of up to $16 million a season. Is It's hard to get headlines in L.A. Yes, it is. It's hard to get on the front page there where, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got the Lakers and you've got the Dodgers and you've got uh, the Rams who just won a Super Bowl when Sean McVay has been to two Super Bowls now. Uh, you're trying to compete for that. You just moved into this market. Uh, you need a rock star. Yep, you need a celebrity. And, you know, now you have a rock star coach to go, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, Brandon Staley was not a rock star. No. Anthony, you know, Anthony Lynn was not a rock star. Mike McCoy before him, not a rock star. Now, that was even when they were in San Diego. But Jim Harbaugh can be that. And it does feel like he has a rock star quarterback who. He believes in him. He and, believes and in him. And one of the things wherever he has been, Michigan, uh, Stanford, San Francisco, the, the quarterback play is excellent. Quarterbacks thrive under his, in his system. Yep. Quarterbacks play because he was a quarterback, and yep. he's involved in, in how the quarterbacks play. It's kind of like Steve Sarkeesian here. Wherever he goes, he has you know quarterbacks. It's a very quarterback-centric model yep. that Jim Harbaugh has. But it's a physical running team. You know that. But then the play action and, you know, that's that's you, if you're Justin Herbert, as you said, day one, that, that guy's really happy. This guy's coming to coach be. him up. Yep. Uh, so excited to watch that. And that division with Sean Payton now in Denver and obviously Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and the Raiders are interesting with, with Antonio Pierce. I know he's a young coach, but he won that locker room pretty quickly last year when Josh McDaniel was fired. And now he's bringing in reportedly Cliff Kingsbury to run the offense. He's got uh, brought in Marvin Lewis yep. to be an assistant head coach. And whatever we thought of Marvin in Cincinnati where he could never get over the hump in those Andy Dalton teams, he's a really good football coach and he really knows defense. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's, you know, all the mistakes that he did make, he can keep Antonio Pierce from making those. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a really experienced coach to put on your sidelines. Remember, Antonio Pierce, when he was trying to build his coaching staff, sought the counsel of Tom Coughlin, yeah. who he played for with the New York Giants. Smart. So, you know, it, it, smart, smart leaders ask questions and seek advice from other smart leaders. They know what they, they, know what they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and that's good. And so I, I, I like Antonio Pierce. That's fun. Uh, Raider Nation. Uh, and, he, and he is a black and blue Raider fan. Black and silver, I should say. Uh, that guy, because he grew up in Los Angeles when the Raiders were in L.A., mm-hmm. and he was a huge Raider fan. Yeah, he's one of us. One, one of, of us. <laughs> yeah. One of us. That's how they feel. Yeah, so that yeah, makes it really fun uh, in Vegas with the Raiders, and now obviously you've got Hall that, of Fame that coaches. That division is just – Oh, just, man. I mean, Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to dominate that division, but it's going to be really interesting to see which one of those other three kind of rise up. To, to challenge them. You're right. Like, who's because they're so them? dominated, as you yeah. said. Well, and that, that's – go back to the Cowboys and frustrated because the Cowboys outside of the Eagles a couple of years have really dominated their division. Dak Prescott's been great in, in his division. He has been great. I just don't know why. January. January, yeah. Rob. Well, you know what it is. Yeah, well, clutch, January. Need the clutch team. I love Mr. <laughs> Dak, but you don't get that big Dak energy. You, you get don't. shrinkage in the playoffs. You do. Significant shrinkage. Hey, this says Harbaugh has a rock star kicker too. Dicker the kicker. That is correct. Oh, I forget Dicker's there. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Oh, man. Harbaugh's going to love Dicker. Yeah, Two does. quirky personalities like that. I think you're right. They're going to get along really well. Hey, coming back, we'll be at the turn. We'll get you a little update from the PGA side of things. And Jordan Spieth with an interesting quote yesterday. Also, Rod's going to take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We've got uh, off the record before the end of the hour on this Groundhog Day 20 and 24. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B on a Friday. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. All right, it's at the turn. We're halfway through our Friday conversation. If it's Friday, Rod, what does that make it? A 
It's a freak flag, feel good, make go. it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. I hook him up with Ian Rodby. That is correct, and it is a football Friday, but also a golf weekend as well. If you're a fan of the golf, they got a star-studded leaderboard there at yeah. the PGA Tour event in Pebble Beach, California. That's what's great about Pebble Beach. It's such a beautiful golf course right on the Pacific Ocean, but whenever you turn on, you never know. You know what the weather's going to be. It can be howling and gross, and you know the storm. You know fronts roll through, uh, or it can be bright and sunny and beautiful. You just never know on the coast of California. Uh, but uh, you know, the leader is Thomas Dietrich, uh, the German. Uh, he sits at the top of the leaderboard at nine under. Patrick Cantlay won back. Matthew M Matthew Pavone, the uh, Frenchman, who just won last weekend. He's at seven under. Had a great first round at sixty-five. Also on the leaderboard, Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa. Uh, Sam Burns is up there as well, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas. Good to see Justin Thomas back and playing in good form. He's kind of retooled his swing and had a rough year last year. Scotty Scheffler's at three under par. Uh, so after round one, of course, they bounce back and forth from courses there uh, at Pebble Beach and Spyglass. So uh, it's interesting to see how this goes into the weekend. And uh, speaking of golf, Rod, today is Groundhog Day. Funnier Groundhog Bill Day. Murray movie, uh, Caddyshack or Groundhog Day? I'm going Groundhog Day. For me, I don't mm. like Caddyshack. I was, but I'm not a golf guy. You're not a golf guy. That's why I don't like Caddyshack. So I, I will admit, Caddyshack is probably funnier, but it's not for me. It's not my. Yeah, because you've ever been around country club type people. Yes, they they, they nailed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, I'm not into golf, so I didn't get all the references, and I didn't think it was that funny. But Groundhog Day, it's awesome. Groundhog Day, to me, it's kind of one of those transcendent comedies, and it's still still to this day, it stands the test of time. I need to go back and watch it again. Because it Groundhog goes, Day, like like like, like Caddyshack, uh, I've seen. Enough times I could say, like recite the lines. Caddy uh, Groundhog Day I've only seen a handful of. Groundhog couple. Day is one of those. It's one of those movies where basically you can have a quote along because it's got a lot of those types of lines. I need to go back and watch it. That's not one that I've seen it. over and over again. Yeah, and I don't ever see it on really. Like you know, one of these about Caddyshack is you'll see it on on TV all the time. I see it on a lot actually. It comes on cable. Oh, interesting. Quite a Maybe bit, I need to be man. looking for it more. Yeah, it comes on quite a bit. I guarantee you'll see it around today. I guarantee you'll see it today. <laughs> Rod, what's your early review of the uh, the fourth season of True Detective? Are you are you caught up? Yes, I am caught in? up. I actually like it. I think it's great. Jodie Foster is the lead. I think it's great. They're basically expanding the supernatural element that they touched on in season one. Remember, they touched on a lot of this in season one, kind of the supernatural element of yeah, the, the True Detective. Yeah, the Matthew McConaughey character was yes, very supernatural. Yes, right? There was Time a, is a flat circle. Sur there was a lot of surrealism involved yeah. in season one, and I think now they've actually – at this point, my, my wife was like, is it a – are we talking about a – because usually True Detective was – I mean, True Detective was about true, you know, true crime. Uh, you know, it was that kind of thing, you know, almost a whodunit. And they had a little bit of a sprinkle, a bit of a supernatural element on it. Now, I feel like this thing might be all kind of supernatural. I think they might go into some other realm. Yeah. With this, yeah, and instead and, of just the old who done it, you know, murder plot, well, true and, and crime murder plot. If you haven't seen the first three episodes with Jodie Foster as the lead, it's based in Alaska. Oh, it's great. A town called Ennis, Alaska, and it's it's when the you know it's dark for the whole month essentially. Yeah. The sun never comes up. Yeah, a lot of na Native American. Yeah, well, and a lot of themes in it. Yeah, well, yeah. native to to Alaska, Alaska folks. Yes. I don't remember what the 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 name that they. Yes, they have a name for the tribe. Um, I don't know what it is. See, it's an official sure. name. That's and they right. have a lot of spiritual yes. so there's, yeah. uh, beliefs. Spirituality, the so, supernatural, yeah, there's a lot of that element in it. And I don't know if they're, that's what the that's what's going to be in the end, but right now I 
that's a lot of the plot. Yeah, it's good. It's fun though. It's yeah. fun. Like I it, like it. Yeah, uh, it's it's dark for sure, and literally dark. Like it's there's never the sun's never out in the yeah, show. <laughs> but Jodie Foster's randomly like the comedic relief. Yeah, she's in it, right? She, she it's, it's dark, but she's kind of the comedic. She, I think the writing's pretty good, and you said the writers are the same writers from season one. Yes, and it feels like it. It does. It, it is good. It feels like well, it. and you know, but right before they started that season, they went back and showed the whole first season with McConaughey. No, I, I should have watched he, it. That was such a great role for him. He was awesome in that. He, he's pretty good in everything he does. But Matthew McConaughey, if you've never seen that 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 uh, uh, anthology, the eight episodes of the first True Detective, it's one of the greatest. It's what he won the Emmy for, right? He won the Emmy. He That's when so he won good. the. I mean, that was the McConaughey, right? At the beginning of it, he wins the he wins the Emmy and wins the uh, the Oscar. That's for Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. And I want to say he was filming it both like very close, you know, not not the same year or anything, but like he he, he started his reinvention. He was yeah. tired of being rom com, take the shirt off guy, and he wanted to be considered a true like actor. Um, a real A-lister, and that's when he decided to go out to Wood Rose. His first was, and I remember this, he uh, he played a really, really corrupt cop. Because I remember when he started to train, because I, I went, to, I took my wife to one of his <laughs> to one of his movies because I thought it was going to be, oh, he'll take his shirt off, and then, you know, our date will be great because you'll get to see uh, shirtless Matthew McConaughey, and it wasn't like that at all. Like, it was, um, oh, man, it was Joe something Joe. I forgot the name of it, but it was dark. Yeah, McConaughey took a shift of his from the, uh, the, the rom-com guy, oh, the, the heartthrob, to a uh, serious actor, yeah. without a doubt. And he's still doing good stuff out there with McConaughey. So, yeah, check out True Detective and uh, good stuff there. And at the turn, we'll be watching what goes on at Pebble Beach. And, obviously, we told you about the, uh, the, the partnership with the PGA Tour and the Strategic Sports Group. That's a big deal uh, to the point where Jordan Spieth said, was quoted this week out there saying, you know, Maybe the live thing doesn't have to happen. Maybe we don't need live uh, as by, or the PIF, the, the Saudi public fund. Maybe this uh, can yeah. work enough. So even players are now openly saying, you know what, this might be enough. Let's keep this and, and work from there. So we'll see where that whole thing goes with uh, the Saudis because there was so much blowback to that entire uh, merger idea. And now they st- the strategic sports group have jumped in and invested $3 billion into this into the PGA Tour. So uh, looking forward to how that plays out. Uh, and that'll wrap up at the turn. Remember, go over to our, our digital prop- properties here at the Horn, the uh, the Instagram and the uh, on- online at hornfm.com, and check out the, uh, the video of the golf course of the month, even into the month of February. Great Hills Country Club out there near the Arboretum. Check that out. Learn more about that great golf course. It is a member-owned club right there nestled in under the Arboretum. You're going to love it at uh, hornfm.com and all of our uh, social media pages. Appreciate them for all their help. Facebook as well. And that wraps up At The Turn, brought to you by our friends at Callahan's General Store. At The Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Right now, big news on the 40 acres for the uh, Texas football team. And this news broke, I want to say, right when I left the show yesterday, too. It was right around, right around that time uh, yesterday when this news broke around 10 a.m. that Lane Kiffin, another, man, another win for Lane Kiffin on the recruiting trail, this time with his uh, personnel department, Billy Glasscock, who was the Longhorns uh, director of player personnel. He is leaving. Texas and leaving Steve Sarkeesian uh, to become the GM at Ole Miss. So it's official. He served three years. Uh, he uh, served three years as a personnel guy here at Texas and uh, previously served in similar roles with NC State in Minnesota. I mean, he's been 
a fast riser, but he is known for a guy that's got a great eye for talent. Um, and uh, Texas got him, uh, Sark got him from North Carolina State, um, and he had done a really good job there. And now he's jumping to uh, Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. The director of player personnel is essentially Sark's GM. And we were just remarking earlier that you got a couple of schools now, including Ole Miss and UCLA, who are no longer trying to hide the fact that they have a straight-up NFL pro-style personnel department by saying they have a GM and Glasscock's going to take over as the actual GM. Uh, here at Texas, he was basically coordinating, recruiting. He'd make the, the, the board, basically the Texas version of the big board, <laughs> what players they were going to recruit at different, whatever positions, um, essentially looking at the roster construction, what holds you have in the roster, what are the strengths in the, uh, uh, the recruiting class this year overall. Like, is this a big, is this a heavy class for old linemen or quarterbacks? Do we need to, uh, prioritize certain positions in recruiting. He handles the transfer portal, too. He's the guy that um, coordinates recruitment of the transfer portal as well as high school recruiting. It is a – I mean, it's a hell of a job. I mean, it is truly every major college football program in the country has a director of player personnel, and they are the de facto general manager. Uh, so basically, just think of Texas losing their general manager right now. That's basically what's going on. And he, like I said, he's really good. He had gotten rave reviews his time at North Carolina State and his time with Minnesota. He did follow Jerry Kill from Northern Illinois to Minnesota. But ever since then, um, he's pretty much been helping build uh, some build programs and then rising up. Now, I don't know if you consider Ole Miss to be a, a, a step up because, you know, Texas and the brand and where the Texas program is headed. So maybe he just wants to go build something new, or maybe they offered him the GM role, and he wants that GM tag. You, know, you get that GM tag, and then that's one step away from the NFL side. You know what? He was the GM at this major college football program, and he did, and they did a great job. He built that roster. Maybe he can come help us build our roster the same way in the NFL. Different means and different ways of talent acquisition, uh, but more and more we're starting to see – more and more crossover between the NFL and college, starting to see the games conceptually, schematically look more like uh, the NFL and pro, and you're starting to see, like I said, more of those coaches uh, start to trickle up and trickle down from the college game to the NFL and from the NFL to college. So Texas will have to find a replacement. Uh, Glasscock did help Texas get top five recruiting classes in 2024, 23, 22. Um, and those were, uh, for, for Sark, kind of the building blocks for what we're about to see going forward. I think the replacement or at least the number one candidate to replace Billy Glasscock has to be Brandon Harris, who um, was also an assistant. I think he was the assistant uh, director of player personnel. And he has been working with Billy Glasscock and Sark really likes him. Remember, he passed on a chance to go to the NFL and coach under Sean McVay. Oh, Sean McVay wanted him to be the assistant quarterback coach. And he had to know, Brandon Harris is smart, who was a quarterback at LSU. He's smart enough to know that if I get on the Sean McVay staff in any capacity, I'm probably on, you know, I'm a, I'm a comet. I'm on a meteoric rise at that point because I got that on my resume. He passed on the Sean McVay um, uh, appointment or at least the assistant coaching job. that So he wanted to stay with Sark and stay at Texas. And maybe this is why, maybe he knew behind the scenes, Billy Glasscock won't be here for long. And if he leaves, I will take over as director of player personnel. That would be my first choice for Texas to replace Billy Glasscock. But I don't know how well Brandon Harris is. I know he, he's on the recruiting trail a lot with the coaches. How much of that talent evaluation has he picked up from Billy Glasscock? Does he have the, the keen eye for talent that Glasscock seemed to have? 
Yes, absolutely. I just like seeing Glasscock, too, by the way. Yeah, unfortunate name. He's overcome that, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and it's like under my 12, because every time you say it, I chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun to say. It, it, I'm not going to lie. It's Billy Glasscock. <laughs> exactly. It's Starring great. Billy Glasscock. Billy Glasscock. Hey, it's such a um, great name. <laughs> Uh, so that's interesting. Brandon Harris would be a natural. It's a, it's interesting to me that they're starting to just call them general managers, which, okay, that's fine. You're the GM. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. you know, that the first school I saw do that was UCLA. And we haven't mentioned this this morning, Rod, but uh, if UCLA, if Chip Kelly leaves, you know, who's going to get that job? Does the general manager stay? I don't know. He's a general manager. He's a general manager. He gets to hire the new coach, doesn't he? If he's a general manager. Yeah, he's not well because you have the AD, the athletic director, the director of athletics. Yeah. Then you have the general manager who's running the football ops. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because the reports are Chip Kelly's going to Washington with Dan Quinn, and that opens up wherever UCLA is. That's still a power four job in Los Angeles, California, moving to the Big Ten. Great job. Potentially, and you get to yeah. live in UCLA. Oh, yeah. Now you got to listen. <laughs> you can beat USC. Kalina Rye don't play no defense. Yeah, that's right. So you, you can build your that's, team to beat we, USC. I mean, obviously, Jim Harbaugh leaving opened up Michigan, and they promoted from within. Maybe UCLA does similar, but we'll see. Um, that's a good and, point. So keep an eye on that. And, of course, that's the first school I saw do, or athletic department, call him a general manager. Now, Lane Kiffin's going there. Yeah. I think the, Texas the, might have one pretty soon, too. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. All right, good stuff behind the BOC. As we said, keep an eye on the Longhorns at the Senior Bowl tomorrow. Tavondre Sweat. Did you see Tavondre Sweat catching the pass and doing the Heisman pose? His That's st- a big dude. His stock is soaring right now. Is it really? It is. It is. From And it's a lot of what he's done in those practices at the Senior Bowl. It is soaring right now. No one can block him. And nobody can block, and nobody's complaining about his weight. Nobody's saying anything about him not weighing in or anything, and nobody can block him. And he just, he's all these videos of him pushing other human beings back. And on to the, right? Not just human beings, but like back. really good offensive linemen. Just oh, good prospects yeah, at O line. He's just dominating them. And I, I give Tavondre this credit and or his agent, whoever is strategizing, the fact that he didn't weigh in because he wanted to be his playing weight. He mm-hmm. wanted to be where he's comfortable yep. while he's performing against these all other all stars. But I would guess between the senior bowl and the combine, he'll lose ten or fifteen pounds. Yeah, because he ain't got to. It's not he have to play for a while. And he's got to run. He's got to do the run. underwear yeah, Olympics at some level. Yeah. So that's smart, right? Let him let him stay at his playing weight, even if it is three hundred and seventy pounds. They don't care. He's don't dominating. Care. Yeah, they don't care. Um, you no, know, but then you now you've got a month to shed some weight, and uh, you know if you weigh in at three three fifty at the combine, but you run whatever you do the shuttles and those kind of things, that's just a smart way to play it. Yeah, like, no, good. and that was the only, that's the, one of the biggest uh, complaints about. Tavondre Sweat is, oh, will his weight balloon really keep out of control, control yeah. when he gets to the NFL? And I don't think it will be an issue, but usually that leads to work ethic questions. Uh, does he not work hard enough? Why can't he keep the weight off? Is he not devoted, committed enough to the game? Does he care more about food than he does about football? That kind of stupid stuff. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's good stuff right there. All right, uh, behind the BOC with the uh, Longhorns now in need of a new front office member or head of the front office, and uh, Billy Glasscock with the good name. He also did a good job. That's uh, you did know, a great th- job. Three straight top five recruiting classes, just had the number two portal class and doing a good job of organizing those things for Sark and the staff behind the scenes. All right, we'll come back. We'll get some off the record. It is Groundhog Day, Rod. I have some Groundhog Day facts you probably Ooh, I like didn't it. know. Give it to me. That will just – it's unbelievable. I, I had no idea anything was going on in, in uh, <laughs> Gobbler's Knob. Gobbler's, gobbler's Knob. knob. <laughs> Did we gonna... just have a Billy Glasscock and a Gobbler's Knob yes, reference in the yes, same segment? Yes, it's We'll have that for o'clock. you. Coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Happy Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All 
right there, T.Y. Can we fire up yep. off the yep. record as we get to uh, ahead of the top of the hour? D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break, man. Cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Off the record time on this Friday, football Friday. It's also baseball Friday. Remember our alumni game tomorrow at Dish Falk Field for David nice. Pierce and the Horns with all the uh, major league and minor league alumni coming back to play against the current roster, which will be a lot of fun. Hopefully the weather holds up. Always good to get some baseball in early February. We've also got big basketball tomorrow. We'll, tell you, we'll talk about that coming up into our next hour. And we said the Grammy Awards are Sunday night. If you're so inclined, if you're a big music fan, I'll be watching the Grammys on Sunday night, that's for sure. I always record it, Rod, and then I start late, and I can fast forward through commercials. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I join it about an hour and twenty minutes in, and then you kind of you, you finish right when they're done. That's smart, <laughs> pretty much. Smart move. And you can fast forward through performances you really aren't interested in, which mm-hmm. sometimes happens. But I'm a big fan of all music, so I t- tend to watch it all, as far as that goes. Today is Groundhog Day, Rod. 1886 is the first time that uh, he's that Punxsutawney Phil, the Groundhog, has been uh, making predictions. 1886. 1886. We know yeah. this. Uh, but don't put much stock in his prediction. He's been wrong. Most of the time. Uh, 61% of the time. He only gets Come it on. right like 39%. You better off flipping a coin. Come on, man. Yeah. See? But, but you know, the movie Groundhog Day came out 30 years ago now. Uh, before that, there used to be 1,500 to 2,000 people would show up for the event. Now they have, have had as many as 40,000 people. It's a party. Like that show up at, the, at Gobbler's Knob. It's just a party. They're looking for a reason to drink in the morning. Directs thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about this? In the 80, 1880s, Rod, they used to eat the groundhog after he made his prediction. Now, that makes sense. I don't get back then. Uh, they served him up. Sir, how do you eat groundhog? Do you, how do you cook groundhog? Uh, the, do you the, grill it? Do the, we barbecue it? The, the old school thing? history books report that it was, uh, was quite tender. Quite tender. <laughs> the groundhog was – you know what? Back then, they didn't waste a damn thing, though. No, you got to eat it. No, you got to eat that. What, what the hell are we going to – we got this thing here. It's tasty. By the way, if you are a, member, a diehard member of the Groundhog Club, you are called a uh, – let me see if I get this right. They call you a Groundho- ground, Groundhoggies. Groundhoggies. And they believe that uh, Punk Stoney Phil is immortal and okay. that he drinks something called the Elixir of Life. Right. But uh, you probably didn't know this, that Punk Stoney Phil the Groundhog has a wife named Phyllis. Wife named Phyllis. Hold up. She, hold up. How do we – hold up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't – these people Does are – Does she live in the hole with him? Well, no, her name is Phyllis, and they've never had kids in the Groundhog Club, and the, oh, okay. uh, the, the, you know the, the freaks say that she doesn't drink the elixir of life, and so she's not immortal, so they can't breed. What the hell is going on with these <laughs> Come on, man. It's Pennsylvania, man. Yeah, they got too much time on their hands. That's yeah. all that is. Uh, all right, I got something for you. Give this, it to me. This is something Ty will enjoy. Uh, you guys, are you go- do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I do. You do? You got the last season of Curb is happening. Uh, I believe this year. It's going to come later on this season, uh, later on this year, the last season of Curb. And so Larry Davis been making the rounds, <laughs> and he's one of the funniest human beings on the planet. And he's a big sports fan, too. So I always listen to his. He's got random sports takes. He'll probably be on some of your favorite oh, yeah. you know, the oh, sports yeah. uh, podcasts and stuff like that. But listen to him on, uh, <laughs> on the Today Show. And I'm oh, sure Ty, Ty's going to love this piece of audio. He's already heard it. Here it is. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Whatever you well, want actually, to talk you know, about. that's funny that you say that because um, you were By so way, gay. Isn't it, isn't it a little freaky? 
knowing that there are people just standing there watching? Huh? <laughs> the, they well, can't hear television. Us. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. that happens. Yeah. That happens. hoping people are watching. So you had a rule that there were some things you did not want to talk about. Yeah, that was the you thing. You here. said you told our producer, we saw. let's talk about anything. There's Except just one for, thing we don't want to talk about. So let's start there. What do you think about <laughs> Travis and Taylor? <laughs> You you've really got a nerve. Yeah. <laughs> you've really got, you've really got a nerve. You bring it out no, or not? By the way, I we I, weren't going to. We I used I used the S word once before <laughs> on this show some years ago. Oh, I'm prepared to use oh, it no, again. No, no, no. In no. answer to that question, <laughs> and I think you know it's I don't give. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, that, okay. A schnoodle. A yeah, schnoodle. A schnoodle. So tired. You go. Ty's not the only one. Who doesn't give a blank about Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey? Kirby oh, Enthusiasm star Larry David doesn't give a blank. He seems annoyed by it too. Thought that was funny. Yeah. Thought well, time he'd be annoyed by it. I just don't understand people get like viscerally he's, angry. About he's so it. funny. No, he seemed like he was upset by it though. He seemed like he's like I don't. He, he told, didn't want to. He, but he told them I don't want to talk about it before the show. <laughs> Put it on the reader, the writer. <laughs> I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> so of course they started with that. That's funny. Oh, um, but I love Kirby. So Kirby is that you know by the way his ex wife in that show that is, or is he still married to her in the show Kirby Enthusiasm? She's no. married to Robert yeah. Kennedy. Right? Yeah, she's married to Robert yeah. F. Kennedy. That's funny. And uh, like if he he he's probably gonna run. Is he still running for? I, yeah, he is, he is. He's an oh, she's guy. actually married to him in real life. In real life. And they, oh, I didn't know and that. And Larry introduced them to each other in real life. That's right. That's right. That's how she met. The, I did not know that. That was the connection. Okay. I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting for sure. Mm. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, off the record, Larry David, curb your enthusiasm. Like, oh, I got another one too, which is weird. And I don't know if this is, this is off the record, but it's related. There, there are reports and rumors that in Barstool TCU started this. That they're going to donate 500 horns down shirts. Oh, I saw that. To the student section for their game against Texas on Saturday. That's good. In response to the horns down controversy that happened um, earlier with BYU. Even though at BYU, their administration was the one that decided to remove the horns down shirt, it wasn't Texas. Now it is blowing up. So Barstool TCU donating 500 horns down shirt. They said, you gonna, they, they tweeted out, going to throw a fit about this one too, Rodney Deere. So they, they're coming after Texas. So Hornstown is coming up again. Don't let it bother you, people. It's just free marketing. I think it's hilarious. That's great. It's free media, baby. It's beautiful. Go win the game. It's a beautiful. Exactly. Go win the game. Make them all look stupid. And by the way, they probably, as long as they buy some trademark, as long as they trademark it, hey, they got to pay us some money anyway. Yeah. Anything they buy with the Hornstown, it's a beautiful thing. I'm sure it's in TCU purple, too. Uh, I'm sure. The Hornstown. Yeah, it probably is. There's no way they put the orange on that thing. No. Unlike the uh, the goofy Oklahoma fans who actually buy the Big Bebo sticker, like the they buy it and then person. they put it upside down on their yeah. car. They give the Longhorns a bit of money first, <laughs> which they're paying royalties yes. to Texas <laughs> yeah. to stick something on their vehicle of yeah, their right. rival. It's the simple purple one. Yeah, simple yeah, yeah. purple. That's yeah. good. Good for them. Uh, but Rod, the McConaughey movie we were talking about, Killer Joe. Killer Joe was it. Joe. My wife walked out on it. Oh, no. I had to leave. She <laughs> thought it was gonna be a rom com, and he was doing some nasty stuff in that movie. Well, we'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. <laughs>